Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wrestling with Statistics, the only show that looks at the world of professional wrestling through the unique lens of stats and analytics. Uh, that's right, AJ Styles, we're coming for you. Uh, I am your host, as always, Ryan Nightsey, and with me, as always, is the man behind Pro Wrestling Musings himself, Craig Lease. Craig, how are you doing? Um, yes, Ryan, I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, usually I try and say something interesting at this point, but nothing is springing to mind. I do apologize for, yeah, this is very good podcast material, this. How are you? The ongoing running bit of, oh, shit, and it's an intro. We're going to say something about <laughs> say our lives. Say something smart. Yeah. yeah uh, did, you, did you catch that last Friday with AJ Styles calling out statistics oh. people? Like I've I've gone from somebody that used to like every week flick through Raw and SmackDown and try and pick out the good bits or find a match to watch, and then AW and NXT came along, and I just watched the YouTube SmackDown and Raw bits, and like even then that even that's sometimes difficult. Um, I didn't I didn't pick out. There's lots of pictures firing about on Twitter about this AJ Styles stats thing. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't get the reference. I know that he's stats something, but I don't. Nah, don't don't really get it. I know Jeff Hardy wrote his name on a board, but that's about it. <laughs> I mean, that's you basically nailed it on the head. It's like that's basically all the takeaway is that Jeff Hardy wrote his name on a board, and it appears that's the new gimmick for Abyss. Is <laughs> board okay. white board holder. Uh, no, yeah, basically AJ Styles just like stats are dumb, but then I realized baseball uses stats, so I like stats now, and I'm a handsome stud that's smart, so I like stats. And then the stats were just like, I use stats to compile who's the best, AJ Styles, nobody else. <laughs> were were there any numbers at any point? No, not a single number was said. <laughs> so to conclude, AJ Styles doesn't know what stats are. No, I think the idea is is that Joseph Park uh, slash Abyss put together mm -hmm. all this, you know, he was the pro wrestling musings himself that week, that day, where mm -hmm. he put together the stats. And, and then didn't see any numbers at any point. No, I never saw a single number. In fact, so, so it, to conclude, WWE <laughs> doesn't like, they don't have a kind of like a concrete understanding of what statistics means. No, they, they just present information and say that these are the stats and that the stats show this information, which is also I'm, a lie because he's just said it was him and no one else was good. Okay. But like everything <laughs> that I saw was just like AJ Styles standing in front of an empty whiteboard. Yeah, that's the gimmick is that the, the top of it said, it said the stats put together about who's a worthy person to challenge me. Number one, AJ Styles. Also, it doesn't make any sense. Number two, nobody else. Because no one's good enough to challenge me. Cool. So it cool. was all of it was done for heel heat. No numbers were said. <laughs> nothing like that. Joseph Park didn't say anything about numbers, and he's, I guess, the statistician. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing was said about numbers. Uh, so you know, uh, I mean, he has heel with me with me now. To be fair, so I, I, I mean, I can't say it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, he's coming after the livelihood. Yeah. Not very well. No, not at well. He well, he, if he's gonna come at the livelihood, he's gonna bring some stats his way. He can't mm. just say that this is what the data shows and have no actual data to provide. <laughs> uh, AJ Styles, we're coming for you, baby. All the way from the statistician to the Georgia guy. I guess that's the only thing I could think of. 
we should uh, move along. I'm not great at promos on the fly. I can write promos on Hit the Books every Friday, but uh, I can't <laughs> get promos on the fly, apparently. That's fine. This is all fine. Uh, yeah, so thank you, everybody, for listening to Wrestling Statistics. This isn't the end of the show. <laughs> is it, do you see, audience, why we have to sit down and think 10 minutes oh, before dear. we start recording what our intro is going to be? Because if we have nothing, we're going to say nothing. <laughs> Craig, how you feeling? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, not bad. Um yeah, this is now Saturday evening because you are um, locked up in a hotel because um, you have to make sure that you have no um, COVID before you may or may not be doing your job, which is good. Yeah, um, if you heard the latest episode of Hit the Books, I said that I'm like we're about to work on a job where I have to be like off away from my house and like on site of like a film job. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm currently in a, in a hotel and we're recording this early because it's all wonky over here. But yeah, uh, I, I do want to say to everyone that's listening is that, you know, obviously working in a film job, there's a lot of people. Uh, and, you know, in America, and especially in Georgia, it's still our case numbers are incredibly high. Uh, so that's not great, I guess, to all of our, just to let all of our European friends know. It's still incredibly high here. Uh, 3,000 a day still. Um but I will say that I we are, the crew they are being safe. I was quarantined in a hotel for many weeks. I've took taken three COVID tests, um, so we're all you know all we're all doing good over here at the very least. We're being as doing it as safe as safe as possible. Just let everyone know that. Which I suppose is all that anyone can do at the moment. Basically, if we if we want new original content in the world, like. <laughs> this is like the face best we can do. I I mean, of all the productions I've heard being started around this in this Georgia area, the one I'm on I think is the safest, and it does help because it has like money behind it. But I've heard like there's one production happening in North Georgia where everyone's like housed in an RV for till like October. Um, there's my girlfriend's production is they're talking about restarting but there's no talks about a quarantine just restarting so it's all over the place and trying to figure thing out and obviously i, I think a lot of this is like money motivated because mm. you know in beginning of august we all lost that extra 600 bucks of stimulus money um on our unemployment benefit stuff so we're all like uh i now i def, def, def definitely need extra cash coming in we need to start doing jobs again yeah yeah so, you know, that's all great. You know, a shitty economy is sort of uh, forced our hand and trying to do all these jobs. And maybe it, you know, it might not be the safest thing, but hey, we all need money because we need to pay rent and f get groceries. So that's, I mean, I'm, all, I'm, I'm not upset about it, Craig. I don't know why you can, I don't know if you're hearing it in my voice, but I'm not upset at all. I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why, you're, why you're stressed about it. Oh, I, I yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. Um, it's, it's difficult to, like, there, there are so many people that, you know, are feeling quite uncertain at the moment of, of or like where things are going to come from in the future. And then there are others who are in a more fortunate position and it's, you know, it's hard. Um, yeah, I've been in a classroom full of 20, 25 children this week. Exciting. Dole, I was just about to ask. I was asking, I was going about to ask for a Scotland COVID case update. 
are you, have you have you specifically returned to classes, physical classrooms? Yeah, um, I was in three days this week. Um, half the class on Wednesday, half the class on Thursday, full class on Friday, full class next week. Um, COVID numbers in Scotland are really low. It's like seven new cases a week, typical. But there's the a week. Odd, like, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, um, it's it's funny how like if you follow the guidelines and like try not to just <laughs> pretend it's not happening, things work out okay. We're we're um, having in Georgia specifically three thousand a day. Oh, <laughs> isn't like New York completely contrasting to that? Uh, I'll look it up real quick. Uh, like they, if, isn't, isn't the governor of New York like actually just like trying to stop COVID from spreading rather than like trying to open up all the businesses to make himself popular with all the rich people? Yes, COVID uh, COVID cases in New York are still a couple hundred a day and they have been uh -huh. like that since middle of June. Sure. But compared to Georgia, which is 3,000 a day, uh, a lot better. And I don't know what the population difference between New York and like Scotland or New York and Georgia is as well. Quite a lot, I'd guess. Yeah, quite <laughs> a lot. Certainly compared to Scotland, there's certainly more people in New York than there is in the entirety of Scotland. Yeah, um, which, you know, population, population density in that, it does make a difference. But yeah, um, we're trying to go back to normal and presumably the government is um, kind of like monitoring these numbers. I know that Aberdeen, which is a small city in Scotland, are on like a kind of partial, almost full lockdown again because they had 30 new cases. That's right. They had 30 new cases and now they're on lockdown. Wow. I mean, that's good. 30. Well, one, that lockdown is good. Yeah, we've had uh, in America, we've had a couple of like despite the high number of cases people are there's a lot of schools that are straight up going back to classrooms physical classrooms they are doing also i've heard classrooms doing just full classes i've heard half a class on monday half a class on tuesday mm -hmm. and then back and forth which is probably still not the greatest idea because when you're the teacher you still see every single person yeah um uh but then you know, I've also heard like no, you know, online classes are still happening. But mm -hmm. in like the first couple days of schools opening, I think it was a school in Indiana, I want to say, that on their very first day, they opened up all, for all their kids. A kid tested positive and they had to shut down the school immediately. <laughs> oh, dear. Jeez. So. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's going well. Uh, population of Scotland is five and a half million. Georgia, mm -hmm. it's. 3 million plus and mm -hmm. New York it's 18 million plus yes and New York's a very dense city as well being the difference yeah New York City proper I mean that's probably a couple million right oh it's got to be loads of like London's like 8 million or something New York's bigger still oh my mistake 18 million was New York City yeah, 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 yeah I thought sense. I was looking up the state <laughs> yeah like I don't know, like if you did some kind of equation based on like controlling spread, you know, with population density, I, I would guess New York would be like um, kind of close to Scotland in terms of like how successful they're being with, you know, that big a dense city. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. The state let's, has... Let's not, let's not spend too much time then reflecting on how poorly places like Georgia are doing. Oh, I can talk about that. I can do a whole podcast about that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a whole, I think it was a Washington Post article uh, oh dear. about 
uh, specifically our governor and how shitty of a job he's doing. Mm. So it's great. Uh, but we're not here to talk about coronavirus and shitty governors and, <laughs> uh, you know, having an entire country that has maybe seven cases a week, which I'm very jealous of. We're talking about wrestling. And more specifically, we're talking about uh, the stats and analytics we pulled from wrestling matches that we've enjoyed the past week and what those sort of stats tell us. Like, what's the sort of story behind those numbers? And so we pulled two uh, matches here, both from AEW Dynamite the past week. Uh, tag Team Appreciation Night. Tag Team Appreciation Night. We chose the two. How many tag team matches are we looking at, Ryan? Zero. A big old goose oh, egg. What? We really, did we drop the ball? Who knew? Who knows? No, I was aware that when I was doing this, that, that was the case. But like, I do think that these matches were more interesting. Uh, yeah, I agree definitely that both are t- more interesting. Uh, the both of them, Cody versus Scorpio Sky, which is what we'll open up with, uh, is very interesting, especially long term interesting numbers that we're looking at, Craig. But then also the Orange Cassie Chris Jericho, I think, is the most interesting, and that will be our uh, seeming main event of match reviews, I guess, this week. Uh, yeah. so let's want to get into it. Ready, ready for open up with Cody and Sky. Um, yes, absolutely. So um, if we are running through the match stats from Cody versus Scorpio Sky, um, it, it's quite interesting in that Cody has been giving more to his opponents in recent weeks. And we spoke in detail about that a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Warhorse and how Cody essentially gave Warhorse the vast, vast majority of the kind of full screen televised full screen televised portion of the matchup in that match Cody gave away Cody took a lot of the offense in the ad break and Warhorse took I think it ended up being like 80% of the offense in the full screen televised match something like um, that yeah yeah absolutely um Cody versus Scorpio Sky 41% to 59 so Scorpio Sky was getting the most of the offense here um, Cody wasn't going for as much submissions to ground down his opposition like he has been doing so in um, previous weeks, so much so that Scorpio Sky, 45 seconds of submission to Cody's 37, which is interesting in itself, which also interesting is that Cody won this match via crossroads rather than the figure four that he has been using recently. Um, Scorpio Sky got most of the strikes, 25 to 17, Two to one for Cody for strike downs. Not many strike downs happening here. Seven to three for grapples. So Cody looking kind of bigger, stronger. Um, however, Scorpio Sky with the only dive and the submission um, advantage. Reversals 20 to 19, essentially the same in favor of Cody. Um, yeah, so really, really interesting match. Most of the offense going to Scorpio Sky. However, most of that was strikes and submissions. Cody being presented here um, as kind of more powerful and more static, I suppose, in comparison to Scorpio Sky. Um, Ryan, do any of these numbers or percentages stand out to you as important? Yeah, I think the obvious one that we sort of talked about before the show started is the match offense that Mm -hmm. Cody's started off pretty strong, but he's over time is getting, getting less and less of the match offense in each match. Um, that, which is very telling. I mean, obviously, he's, you know, outside of kayfabe, he sort of wants to showcase the person he's sharing the ring with. So you get that yeah. part. 
but there's also something to say that like in kayfabe wise as time progresses he is um uh, what's the word he is getting people are figuring out him out more figuring out his strategy better um and they're or they're more hungry more attack or whatever um other things i've taken away from this is that yeah uh the finishers slash submission part you brought up a good point that cody the for a lot of these matches hasn't been using the uh figure four to put away his opponents and he has been using the figure four say it again he has been using figure four do you mean yes yes Yes. Uh, sorry if i misspoke but uh (laughs) yes he said that he hadn't been using the figure four my mistake uh yeah he you know he's been using the figure four a lot in the past couple weeks to put away his opponents um and here uh, and you know, there, there's something to say psychology-wise about you know having your opponent tap out compared to being pinned. Um, and here, not only did he use a crossroads, he had to use two crossroads yeah. to put away Scorpio Sky, um, which is a point I've made in the past, both on this show and the, I would uh, maybe argue a the the grandfather or whatever <laughs> the father of this show, the system check a little bit. Um, where Cody, when he is, when it's opponent, he doesn't really care about. It's like submissions. Mm-hmm. When it's someone that he wants to give a little bit of a rub to, it's a one crossroads. But when someone like Jericho or MJF, where he has to put them away, he, well, MJF is a bad example because he lost that match. Uh, and Jericho is also a bad example because he lost that match. When, <laughs> when, it's a, when it's a big match, a big match for him, he always does two crossroads to win the match. It's always like he does one crossroads and then the person kicks out. And that's when you know it's like, oh, Cody's going to go for a second and and probably get the win here. Um, which is the same thing that happened here. I remember watching this match. I saw the first crossroads. Scorpio Sky kicked out. I was like, okay, going for the second one. Uh, and he did exactly that. Uh, yeah, uh, so... In that sense, that is Cody giving the rub to Scorpio Sky mm-hmm. um, without g- losing the match. Is it a great rub? Who knows? But there, there's something to say there. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of people that were um, pushing for Scorpio Sky to win this match um, on Twitter in the days before. I legit thought Scorpio Sky was going to win this match. Mm. Uh, he was my pick to win this match at the very oh, least. Really? I, I think... The reason a lot of people were behind it and people like me were behind it is that Scorpio Sky felt the most legitimate contender. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, no one realistically thought Kingston or Warhorse, Starks. At the time, I don't think anyone thought Jungle Boy or Mark Quinn either. And then you have Sonny Kiss and Jake Hager. Jake Hager was maybe like, oh no, but no one was really like on board with that. And Sonny yeah. Kiss, we were sort of like, nah, I don't, I doubt it too. I think Scorpio Sky, for a lot of people, felt the most legitimate, especially with his run on AEW Dark, picking up a lot of wins. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you don't mind moving on to one of these other graphs, I think there's something to say about how, uh, during this match, how consistent Scorpio Sky's offense was. And I'm specifically looking mm-hmm. at this flow of offense. Uh, if you're looking at that flow of offense, tie changes. You know, obviously, Scorpio Sky is sort of a kind of has at the beginning of the match. But that what I'm specifically looking at is kind of that uh, trend line, the the dotted trend line across the board. Cody starts low and gets high and ramps up at the end there. Scorpio seemingly dead even the entire match. Uh, Maybe loses it slightly at the end there, but 
he is he was very consistent. Maybe the problem was that he was too consistent. Didn't build. You're yeah, right. He didn't build yeah. to anything. But uh, I don't know. What do you What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I I didn't really think that Scorpio Sky was going to win this. Um, I've heard it mooted elsewhere that this should have gone to a time limit draw. I like that. Um, I like that a lot I, too. Yeah, I in my I know I've spoken about this before. In my head, I really like the idea of Cody losing the title to MJF. Um, MJF is sticking it to Cody again, and then that kind of like builds their long term feud, and then like three years time or whatever. You can come back to it in a big way, and that is a that is a big time pay per view main event headliner. Um, however, to argue against that point, you could argue that this um, title run is really well positioned to position somebody else as a big star, and MGF is essentially already there. He's certainly been elevated to that in his performances, certainly vocally against John Moxley. And he, it, it kind of feels like he doesn't need this. So then who would you give it to? Well, you've got the long-term storyline against Darby Allen, But you could almost argue that that is already over and you could leave that. And you, you can use this TNT run of Cody's to build a big new star. Ergo, who would you give it to? Well, the, you, Jungle Boy, but that's already been kind of, I don't know, maybe first challenger coming back to win it there's a story there but it doesn't quite feel right scorpio sky is almost the other guy that they've been pushing um you have this go to time limit draw and then you revisit it you know i know some all out perhaps certainly better than like matt cardona which i think a lot of other people are suggesting they might go don't get me wrong i really liked Mardona. Mar Mardona, Maradona, Cardona, <laughs> Madonna, um, Cardona, Cardona is. Um, uh, I liked him the other week. He looked good. He looked big. His Rough Riders looked really enthusiastic. Uh, excuse um, me, excuse me. Radio Silence does look very enthusiastic. Excuse me. He changed his name from the Rough Rider to Radio oh, Silence. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Like Scorpio Sky does seem like a guy that fits the build really well that could be made into a big star by taking the title off Cody. I would question whether or not he is a good enough in-ring wrestler for that spot. That's a fair question. Uh, to answer your, not to answer, but to comment on those thoughts. <laughs> I like. I know with my wrestling expertise. Yes, because well, I'm the expert, obviously. <laughs> um, uh I like MGF taking it. I like the potential story of MGF losing to Moxley at All Out, and then the next Dynamite challenges <laughs> Cody and takes the title off of him. Yeah, like like you know, heat. That's you know, that's some heat. Um, plus, maybe if Four Horsemen is existent at that point, maybe MJF mm -hmm. uses FTR to help him out there or something. Well, yeah, I mean, I do also like the idea of um, MGF takes the belt off Cody as the Horseman form. Yeah, I think so, there's something there that is very intriguing to me as well. Mm -hmm. um, I forget what the second point was. But yeah, uh, Scorpio's guy, he is someone that they're still building as a single star. And I think Scorpio's guy has a lot of, you know, he has the, a lot of athleticism. But uh, mm -hmm. I'm interested to see where he goes. I would have, I, I would have really enjoyed if, it doesn't make any sense, but I would really enjoy it if like Scorpio Sky won and then brought the title to Dark so that Dark had a title. 
Yeah. But that doesn't yeah, make any I, sense when it's the TNT title. No. <laughs> I, I do I do like that idea, but I mean I suppose you could argue he's almost holding the TNT title hostage on Dark. Ooh. Uh, slaps a YouTube sticker on it for a week, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, have Matt Cardona win it so it becomes the internet champ or uh, yeah, the yeah, whatever yeah. championship. Um yeah, I, I there's I mean who's I like the idea of MJF taking it. I think storyline-wise makes sense. Darby, Darby's first title doesn't make sense to me as the TNT championship. Darby's first title to me makes sense like 40 years down the line, it being the, the world title. 2060, whatever. But Darby, only 60? Well, you said four. You said forty years down the line. Oh, did I misspeak again? Four. I said forty years is what I meant to say. Oh, I heard forty. I might be completely wrong on that one. I heard forty. So, like, so he's like, what? Sixty? What now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's sixty-seven. He's twenty-seven he's now. He, if he wins the world title in three years, when he's thirty, you know, that's yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree, and I, I do think that storyline between Darby and Cody, where Darby's going to get that win over Cody eventually, I think that Darby ending the TNT. T- title runs take it off of Cody is too soon. I I think there's some mileage in that that kind of long-term NJPW-style storyline booking. I remember what my second point was, and it was a, a thing I tweeted out where I was sort of like, okay, the thing that made me concerned about Scorpio Sky winning the TNT Championship was the idea that, okay, we, it's Cody. You know he's going to have a match at All Out. So yeah. if Scorpio Sky wins... And defends the TNT Championship, maybe you know, re-challenge, mm-hmm. rematch to Cody or whatever. What is Cody doing at All Out? Um, yeah. So and you know, Scorpio Sky can do his own thing, but like, it doesn't make any sense. So part of me feels like Cody might not lose the title until All Out. Um, I don't think I. I think you're right in the Cardona thing, but I don't think Cardona wins. No, I don't. I don't think so either. I, especially. As we have heard through the, through the news and through the grapevine, is that Cardona only has a five appearance thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if his first appearance, where he like did a run in, counts. I'm gonna imagine it does. I, yeah. I assume it's appearances and not matches. Um, mm-hmm. But if that's the case, then he has three left. Presume one's all out, so that's just mm-hmm. three more dynamites left. So we'll see where he goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. I think Brody Lee would make sense, but to mm-hmm. take it, but I don't. Again, Cody's Cody's on the poster of the championship. It easily could change. They've done it before, or WWE at the very least has also done it before. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think Cody's going to lose his title until at All Out or after the fact. Yeah, I agree, and I do think Brody Lee's protected from that loss, that potential loss to Cody in that. He just completely loses his head and becomes even more of a tyrannical, you know, cult leader. Which makes sense, but part mm-hmm. of me doesn't necessarily like that because that's very similar to what happened after Moxley. <laughs> so it's just sort of like it's the same yeah. story running back. And so I don't necessarily know if that's the great point. But let's move on. Oh, go ahead. I suppose it depends how rewarding it is. If, he, if like, the vignettes and the way that he treats the Dark Order... Mm-hmm is good television or good bte um I, I i've enjoyed i've weirdly enjoyed the you know the john silver stuff and the paper wallop and stuff i I've, love it <laughs> i i i think that like 
Brody Lee has been like kind of on, under the radar over the last kind of four, five, six weeks as like really, really good character development. Yeah, the character growth development on the semi-canonical BTE mm-hmm. has been great from Dark Order. They, I love um, it so they, much. They advertised it on Dynamite. They did. That's like that's like the thing is like they they are advertising on Dynamite, and they obviously have the the, I believe it was the, Elite versus, Jungle Express match. There was mm-hmm. a lot of like BT storyline infused in that match. So part of me is like, I even did it with like Colt Cabana and Kenny Omega a little bit. Yeah. In the past match, but there's there's the idea of like, I I semi canonical because like something I feel like some things that exist on BTA, BTE exist in AEW, but if mm-hmm. Tony Khan doesn't like it, he's just not using it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, I, I, I get your point, yeah. Um, so, yeah, moving on, um, you were talking about how consistent Scorpio Sky was. When we look at the five minutes intervals, the five-minute periods, it's the exact same thing. Cody has quite a, a deep V-type type shape, whereas Scorpio Sky's is... Um, far less of, um, I mean, they're both obtuse angles, but certainly Cody's is more um, acute than Scorpio Skies. Um, and then, yeah, we've talked about the match offense and stuff. Shall we move along to Orange Cassidy? Yeah, before we get there, I just mm-hmm. want to say that when we talked about it before, we'll have a huge wrap up of Cody's TNT title run whenever he loses the title. We obviously yeah, we, when, we, when, um, when MGF takes off and we can kind of do the whole title run back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I guess also, to be fair, we apparently we both think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. If this hat goes on for another year, maybe we won't do a big run up. Well, but I, I don't know. I think I think it might be like full gear or something. When is full gear again? Is that November? Um, November. Yeah, November. Um. Oh man, that's gonna be so many matches. But well, either way, we'll find that's out. Good. I, see, I like it. I had this small interaction on Twitter the other week where somebody was like, "Oh yeah, it's it's like disappointing that so many people think that Scorpio Sky can't even win. Look how predictable this title run is. Look how predictable these matches are." And I was like, "That's not the point. Like nobody thought that Mark Quinn or Eddie Kingston was going to take the title off Cody, but we enjoyed the matches nonetheless." That's true. I do think. Excuse me. I do think if it ha- goes on for another three months or so, that yeah, it, uh, yeah. Th- my concern is that you know another three months or so means at the very least twelve more matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, assuming he does one every week. Um, so what what I I guess what I'm trying to say is that like my one concern with that is is that he's Cody C- Cody turning heel would make the latter half mm-hmm. of those matches more interesting. Yeah, yeah, that 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 makes sense. Yeah, oh, it's, it 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 is an odd one. Um, I'm really enjoying it, but I suppose other people are starting to turn on it, and you know, you can only, I mean, you can't have the same guy doing singles matches every week for like five months. That would kind of, that's like John Cena on another level. Yeah, and I I also like that people are starting to turn on it as it appears Cody may be turning. <laughs> yeah i wonder if there's a correlation be, that, well that might even be a by design he's thought well we can do this long title reign but people will get sick of it so i can do the face part of it and then if i turn it heel i can put more people over so uh, yeah i don't know like i could see him doing that he really 
I'm very convinced that he has the other wrestlers around him's best interests at heart. I would agree. Well, let's move on to the main event of that dynamite, and it was Orange Cassidy defeating Chris Jericho in a, what was it, a $7,000 obligation match? <laughs> yes. I think the the premise was that if Orange Cassidy loses, he has to give Jericho $7,000 to replace the jacket. Did it, yeah, did, it revert, no. did it work the same way in reverse, where if Jericho loses, he has to give Cassidy money? <laughs> that's, that's a lot of oranges that could be bought. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think Cassidy ever agreed to that either. That, that also sounds correct. I don't think Cassidy agrees to anything, first off. I think mm. he just does. He just Ex- is. Except, except the scientists' um, evaluation of global warming. Which props to Orange Cassidy, not only... Uh, saying all that and remembering and saying it perfectly with no stutters. Mm-hmm. But great. I love the character of Orange Cassidy being so uh, environmentally conscious and wanted to put that out there on TNT, if, especially in front of Eric Bischoff. Yeah, no, I, I really liked that segment. I thought it was well done. I liked Bischoff as well. Um, he wasn't overbearing. It was a good use of... Um, it was a good use of um, kind of well-known personalities. And I was talking about this last week um, about how... A lot of people being critical of AEW and how they're bringing people in, Matt Cardona, um, Ariane Andrew, Eric Bischoff. But the point was made that um, a lot of people hear these names, they go, oh, I'm going to check that person out. And then they see Kenny Omega or Adam Page or whoever, and they're like, oh, they're great, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to watch a bit more of this. And when you have that conversation about how people found out about AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, I don't know about you, Ryan. Um, Dan and I had that quick conversation last week. Um, my kind of path into New Japan was um, I checked out Cody in Ring of Honor when he was defending the title. Um, I saw his match against Okada. Then I saw Kenny Omega. And then I saw Jericho in New Japan. I kind of went from there. Dan told a similar story about Jericho. And it's it's interesting. Somebody might follow Ariane Andrew on Instagram. They might listen to Matt Cardona's podcast. They might just know Eric Bischoff's name, and it might, you know, they then watch. They actually realize, oh, this is a good wrestling promotion. Nobody's throwing fireballs around. I'm going to watch this next week. You know, do you know what I mean? It, it's it's like a, they're like throwing hooks out. Yeah, and I think that's the when you're a company that, in a way, has sort of like stagnated on getting new viewers. You need mm-hmm. you need to throw out those hooks to try to hook in more people. You know, get get some more of the fifty plus because you're like, oh, Eric Bischoff is on TV. Oh, well, I like this wrestling. Oh, mate, mate, mate. Um, Matt's got it covered. Matt Matt Jackson's taking care of it on YouTube. Oh, my my mistake. Sorry, Matt Jackson and Christopher Daniels, no less. Yeah, they're they're doing some like painting and stuff. It's it's all it's all good. Um, but actually, before we move on to the actual <laughs> Cassidy Jericho talk, oh, I well. I'm all over the place in my brain. Uh, I'll say I'll say real quickly. My intro into New Japan was being on Squared Circle, the subreddit, and just like seeing a bunch of gifs of like New Japan matches and like being very intrigued at this one guy named Kenny Omega. Yeah. Like, whoa, this guy's crazy and awesome. I want to watch New Japan. And then I listened to the at the time the uh, PuroCast. Mm-hmm. from new from uh uh voices of wrestling and i like followed it that way then i got the subscription then i watched new japan i think i watched 
the Super J Cup, for, not Super J Cup, whatever the junior block is for the G1 kind of version, uh, whatever it's called. But I watched that first. Yeah, that's, that's the Super. That's Super. the Super Juniors because then I was like getting excited about it. So mm-hmm. that's how I got into it. Um, second thing I want to say is before we talk about Cassidy and Jericho, should we quickly discuss some of the people that got? It's not stats based. Should we quickly discuss some of the people that got um, canned? Who got canned? Uh, it was uh, th- three people got canned. Oh, there was oh, five right. names yeah. taken off the AEW website. Mm-hmm. Uh, those names are Jimmy Havoc, B. Priestley, Sadie Gibbs, uh, T. Hawk, and L. Lindemann. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think like people have made a bigger deal out of this than it is. Um, I was listening to Voices of Wrestling. Um, the other night and that was recorded on the Thursday so things might have changed since then um, but Joe Lanza seemed to have been doing a lot of kind of digging and thinking about this um, apparently Jimmy Havoc has retired, quietly retired whether yes. or not he stays retired is up for debate it's um, wrestling it, you never know <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um, it <sighs> sounds to me like he has been told that you're no longer part of AEW. How you want that to look is up to you. Um, either you kind of do it your way or we will do it. And he's gone, okay, I retire type thing. Whether or not he's still part of the AEW-funded um, treatment is another thing entirely. I, I get the impression that, that it was probably still an offer to him and it will have been his personal decision whether or not he follows that through. Um, Which Joe I hope Lan- I hope it is true that he's still oh, doing it. Oh, God, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, you've got to hope that, you know, um, people, you know, uh, people kind of follow the therapeutic path. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Lanza was also mooting the idea that he believes um, all these people, all the other people, their contract has probably come up, and AEW is like, well, we don't know when we're going to, you're going to be able to appear again. We're just not going to renew it. So it's not really a releasal. It's just contracts coming up and it not being the right time for those people to renew those contracts. Yeah. Why Why pay for the people if you have no ability to use mm-hmm. them anytime soon? And on the flip side, why, why, um, why should they be, you know, sitting in Japan or England or wherever they are? renewing a call i i don't know whose decision it was but like uh, just just i mean like work somewhere else and if you maintain a good relationship with AEW, certainly in the case of like sadie um, gibbs sadie gibbs b Priestley. i know there's stuff going on with her but certainly on her um ability as a wrestler alone um you know there's going to be a place for a competitor with that level of ability depending on you know the personal relationship side of it if that can get sorted out yeah when i initially heard the news break about b Priestley and city games jimmy havoc i heard about and i was already mm-hmm. aware of but when i heard b Priestley and city games and then also heard voice of wrestling and talk about t hawk and l lindeman my first thought initially wasn't about like oh the contract probably ended and they just didn't renew Mm -hmm. my first thought was like okay it was a release it was like you know we're ending a contract with you and my thought was well they're doing that because we can't bring you in there's there's the same same sort of idea about having not renewing a contract versus releasing the same sort of thing is we're not we, we can't bring you in there's no way for us to bring you in seemingly not until maybe february 
maybe mm-hmm. March, maybe even not even that in America. Who knows? So, I mean, I mean, if AEW is in like Scotland, it might be next week, but you know. Yeah, I mean, who who the <laughs> hell knows? Yeah. Oh, oh my God! If if AEW did, uh, what was it? Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen, like they planned in England, and mm. then and then COVID happened, and then they were stuck in England. What a weirdly different show! This all these shows would have been. Or guys in. <laughs> Chris Jericho, who'd still be in America doing, you know. There is something to think about, though. It probably is contracts because Shima wasn't released, quote unquote. Riho wasn't. Um, trying to think of other i had to look at the actual web what roster page um i guess lucha bros and and all those guys are still there um but like there are other talents like them that are not coming in anytime mm-hmm. soon are still on their roster to my knowledge so it might it might there is maybe legitimacy to the idea that it might have just been contracts ending which makes sense yeah. maybe they would have well, they would have signed shima to a multi-year deal instead of t-hawk mm-hmm. and uh, Al Lindemann. I gotta double check the rest of this, but but that that would make sense. Um, I I don't think I don't think anything has come out for certain, but like it, it, it you I mean you could see it being the case that like if Riho's contract had come up, they'd be like, well, yeah, well we're happy to give you another two three years because they want Riho to feel um, valued and that she'll be part of it in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas other people, it might be. The, I mean, there have been. St- there's also the complications where they're maybe will, willing to find out where B. Priestley and Sadie Gibbs are in their personal lives when they are allowed to travel because both have had um, allegations of bullying mooted against them. I'm not saying that those allegations are true, but they've certainly come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have T. Hawk and L. Lindemann who are mm-hmm. not that, to our knowledge. Uh, yeah, Riho is still on here. Shima is still on here. Yuka Sakazaki and mm-hmm. uh, Emi Sakura are also still really? on here. Yeah. So same sort of boat as like they're not coming. I mean, Emi Sakura hasn't even had a match this year. No, she she's felt done after that Riho match. Yeah, it, there's also Golden Boy is still listed on as a broadcast team. Has Golden Boy ever been a part of AEW since uh, Fighter Fest? <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if he's done much um I don't know if he's even done much like behind the scenes stuff since then. But yeah, there's still people that are, you know, Japanese and uh I guess just Japanese talent who are, you know, still on the roster page that are not cut. Mm-hmm. So maybe there is something to say contract wise. Uh yeah. also update, get a new picture of Sunny Kiss on this website. Come on guys, it's so pixelated and blurry. Get a new picture there. Uh, that's a sign combo. So let's move on. Let's move on to Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. Uh, now that that tangent's out of the way, uh, Craig, here's that rundown. Yeah, um, Orange Cassidy did a number on Chris Jericho this week. Um, 55 strikes from Orange Cassidy to only 23 from Jericho. 6 to 3 in terms of strike downs. 4 to 4 in grapples. 4 to 2 in terms of dives. Chris Jericho pulling back the years, did his triangle dropkick and his lion salt, although that lion salt looked pretty heavy landing, but I digress. Um, Chris Jericho, unsurprisingly, with more submission, 35 seconds to 20. Um, Cassidy with more reversals, whereas Chris Jericho was turning the tide via fouls, 6-2 for fouls, 11-7 um, to seven in favour of Cassidy for reversals. 
Um, yeah, 65% of the match offense in this match went to Orange Cassidy and the win. So he was put over big here by Chris Jericho. Yeah, that sort of goes in line with what we were sort of saying about um, uh, Cody, about like that Warhorse match where it's like Chris Jericho, 35% of the mm-hmm. match offense, yeah. utterly decimated by Orange Cassidy, which is so weird to say in 2020. But uh, yeah, Orange Cassidy, 55 strikes, just insane. Uh, just an insane number of strikes there. I mean, the reversal rate, even then, 27%. I mean, like, looking at this, it's so weird to say that, like, yeah, Orange Cassidy just destroyed Chris Jericho. I mean, look at every other graph. Tie changes over five-minute periods, just destruction. Uh, yeah. Orange Cassidy's f- regular flow of offense. Uh, Jericho's highest uh, uh, loop, uh, arc, I guess would be a phrase, arc, ties mm. with Cassidy's second highest arc. Yeah. Uh, just every, just, just utterly decimated. I mean, I, I got no other <laughs> real takes than just Jericho. I don't know what he's doing, where he goes from here. Um, maybe learn how to do a mousetrap pin better. Um, but besides that, yeah. I, I got nothing yeah, else for you. Nasty, wasn't it? Yeah, he went, he fell back when he should have done a, a front bump. And that's, he, that's he on did. him. He did that for uh, for a dragon screw leg whip as well, though. Like, I don't know if he was still feeling the effects from his endeavors earlier on in the week where he was bouncing around on the stage in front of many, many people in the middle of a pandemic. But let's not dig too far into that. <laughs> but yeah, there was a part. So there's like a couple of um, dragon screw leg whips and Taz was like, oh, look at how he's done those. He's done those so Jericho falls on his back rather than flipping all the way around, which... Um, Okay, but then there was like a third one where he did a where Cassie did another dragon screw leg whip, and Jericho it it just didn't look like he was at the races at all. It looked like he was struggling struggling somewhat physically in this match. But then saying that he did a lion salt, and I can't do a lion salt. Who so who am I to cast shadow on Chris Jericho? Yeah, I wonder. I mean. Besides the story of like utter destruction from Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy and really putting over Orange Cassidy, but in a weird way, like it's he's like putting over Orange Cassidy, but Jericho messes up multiple times. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it, which is weird to come from Jericho, especially someone that knows how to easily do a dragon legs, dragon screw yeah. leg whip. You know, he wrestled Tanahashi in the Tokyo mm-hmm. Dome, he knows how to take this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mousetrap, I can maybe say he didn't know. He forgot. I mean, I don't know how many mousetrap pinfalls he's taken. Um, dragon or mousetrap captures, mm-hmm. but you know it, that sort of thing of like, what is? Where does Jericho go from here? Where's Inner Circle go? I mean, he's obviously lost this feud. Yeah, I. I mean, it seems possible that they're going to that third match, with it being one each, and there's also the. Um, I think it's a Michael Sidgwick what culture kind of rhetoric that um, the inner circle have gone down the card into the middle kind of upper mid card so that four horsemen whatever iteration of four horsemen this is going to be will be the kind of heel faction at the top of the card and that that's interesting there's also the other possibility that Kenny Omega and the Bucks turn and it's a kind of um heel version of them as they were in japan at the top of the card 
that's a fair point. Cycle down to have four horsemen up there in the top. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point to say. Um, yeah, I've also heard on the we're just, we're just referencing all the podcasts we've heard takes from. I mean, we're we're so late when we when we record these shows. We're like so late with takes. These are all like kind of cold takes. But I've also it's heard Magpie. it's Magpie though. You take little bits from here, there, and everywhere, and add it to your own. It's not just it's not just copying. That's fair. And also, we're adding we're putting the spin of stats on the whole ball. So Absolutely. take that. Um, but I've heard on the Everything Elite podcast, also a great podcast, about uh, the idea that like Inner Circle, uh, after this Orange Cassidy feud, Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle need to get back into uh, no longer being like a comedy gimmick mm-hmm. for a little bit and move back into these yeah. ultra aggressive guys. And the question is, where does you know? You're right, but then also yeah, because that can that fights up against the Four Horsemen being the new top faction. I guess you could say. So it, it it's interesting. I, I could maybe see... I mean, we'll see what happens at All Out and see what Jericho is probably doing at All Out, which maybe Jericho Cassidy is... Would Jericho Cassidy at All Out be the third match they've had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jericho beat Cassidy a few weeks back. Oh, so we could we could double back and do this match again for the third time at All Out. Yeah, they could do that, which they haven't really done since Page and Pack. That's true. So maybe that's what they'll do. I think that ma- that would make probably the most sense just to time over. I mean, you also have to remember that when it comes to booking, Jericho was supposed to be probably gone for during the summer because remember he had the whole Fozzie mm-hmm. tour booked out. Um, I don't. I mean, I was going to say maybe I don't think he would have made Dynamite tapings, but at the same time, he did like fly from a Fozzie taping to mm-hmm. all in and do yeah. a run in on during the Omega match. So who the hell knows what Jericho can do with his private yeah. planes. You know, I mean, I suppose it depends on what Jericho is finding um, enriching or creative. I, I, I get the impression that Chris Jericho has a lot of pool backstage at AEW. Exactly. I think he's driving a lot of his own creative. Can you see, I, I was going to mention that, you know, maybe they cycle down Inner Circle into a new uh, sort of, you know, break them down. But is there an argument to be said about the potential of Inner Circle breaking up? Um, I mean, people spoke about this and a lot of people are like, Sammy Guevara could become a face. He's got all the attributes. I think it was just like, because he can do a 630. Um, yeah, but I really... he could be well, yeah, I really don't like the idea of the inner circle breaking up. Um, I I don't know. I I don't see as much value in Chris Jericho as a face act. Um, I know a lot of people do, um, but I really like the dynamic between between Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. I think um, Jake Hager is starting to figure things out. I think in multi man matches since the Cody stuff, um, you know his his match against Luchasaurus. Oh, no, it wasn't him, was it? I was Wardlow. Correct. Oh, dear. Never mind. Um, Your take but, is gone. No, no, he he certainly had an interaction with Luchasaurus. It must have been in, like, a tag match. And they looked... It, it was kind of Godzilla versus um, Big Ape. What's that called? Bigfoot? Oh, dear. Uh, King Kong? Kong? Yeah, that's it. You know that stuff. It was kind of like them coming, coming to blows um, and... Um, Jake Hager looked um, very, very engaging, very intriguing. It was a, it was a good collision. Um, 
I and I, I like the I I think that Chris Jericho is getting something out of Jake Hager um in terms of charisma. Um I worry about Santana and Ortiz. I hope that they're just being kept on the back burner and when there's when they've run through FTR and the Young Bucks and they need another tag team to step up and to be a mega um, performing tag team, that's when Santana and Ortiz come up because they haven't hit the heights that I thought they were going to in AEW. They certainly haven't looked like an elite tag team. They've looked decent, but they've not. They've lost a lot of matches and they they, they seem a bit comedy-ish at times, except perhaps for their dark stuff where they've been dominating, but, you know, everybody's dominating on dark. Maybe there's an idea to Chris Jericho in her circle not necessarily breaking up, but losing members and gaining new members. Yeah, yeah, yeah potentially. You know, obviously, Sammy Guevara, Matt Hardy, that whole angle is Matt Hardy mm-hmm. trying to get Sammy Guevara out of inner circle. I yeah. do like the idea of Santana Ortiz going off on their own, maybe with an Eddie Kingston. Um, I, I would have a lot of time for that. that yeah. Because I, I don't think Eddie Kingston shouldn't be in the same faction as Chris Jericho. You don't need two no. great talkers. Absolutely not. No, you're right. Uh, um, so then there becomes, do you just do a double act of Jericho and Hager or do you use, you know, inner circle, try to get new members in? Mm-hmm. Like, I have, I have no idea who. But Trino Blade is not a bad option. You know, maybe we go with the original idea of Lucha Bros. But they're like, they're in mm-hmm. like death triangles, I guess. Maybe. Depends if Pac is ever able to get back again. That's another person whose contract is still happening that did mm-hmm. not get removed. He's big though. He's a he's you know he's a big star. Yeah, he, you're not gonna get rid of him, but um, but just add to the point, I guess as well. Um, yeah, so maybe like new members leave. Do it like New Japan style with Inner Circle. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. What were you saying? Uh, no, it's fine. I was gonna say a mean thing. Oh, there we go. That's then I'll, I'm glad I kept moving forward. That's fine. Uh, they, they they were happy to get rid of two women that were unable to get to America, but not pack. Oh, I see what you're saying. Never mind, move on. <laughs> I see what you're saying, and that's fair. It's a fair point. I'd love to get into that. That's for another time. Um, but maybe there's something to Jericho getting new members of Inner Circle in, whether it's new tag team members, whether it's like Butcher and the Blade or something, um, getting new people cycled in you know, treat it like a New Japan faction yeah. where yeah. you sort of uh, get new members every once in a while. But back to the match itself. I mean, do we have any more takes about this match besides just Orange Cassidy's utter destruction? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. Um, certainly when you look at the the five-minute um, periods, um, Orange Cassidy starts really hot, dips significantly, half the offense value, and then rises to Ken as he wins the match. Chris Jericho starts um, like with less than half of the offense. Um, Cassidy dips, but Jericho doesn't overtake him and he doesn't gain much by the end. I mean, it's not, it's, this was, this was all about getting Cassidy over um Cassidy took almost double the amount of offense that Jericho did in the match. He won for strikes. He won for strike downs. Um, I mean, part part of the story of the stats of this match was the hot start. There was a lot of strikes. Um, this was one of the rare matches where I did actually have to 
um, pause the match and go back and count, pause the match and go back and count, because there's no when Jericho and Cassie start just laying into each other at the start, there's no way you can keep up with that if you're gathering stats from it. So it was, this was a brawl as a match. This wasn't, like, if you compare the statistics in this match to the statistics in the Cody, um, the Cody-Scorpio Sky match, it's a very, very different match. Similar match times, but Cody 17 strikes, Scorpio Sky 25 strikes, um, Orange Cassidy 55 strikes, Jericho 23. So like one one is a wrestling kind of technical contest with other bits woven through it. The other is a kind of intense heated brawl with some grapples and dives woven into it. And those things were part of this match. So and yet, and we even did get to see Orange Cassidy shove his hands in his pockets and jump off the top rope to the outside. So there was there was a bit of everything here. Yeah, I, there's a little bit of everything. So good on Jericho for doing that. But I sort of also like I was just thinking about it and reflecting on the idea of running this back for All Out. It's really hard to besides the fact that they have one on one in their match record. You want to go for that third one, mm-hmm. but it's really hard looking at these stats and looking at everything and being like, why, why should orange Cassidy give him another match? He beat him. He beat Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho has now lost to Moxley, Scorpio sky and orange Cassidy. Like what, what else is happening with Chris Jericho here? Um, I suppose the argument is it's one each. So, Oh, you know, um, Jericho's beat Cassidy too. But what's yeah? What I'm saying is like it was such a decimation by mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy. What would Orange? What would the match have to be for Orange Cassidy to want to do it? Like Jericho, it can easily be like because I want to be the ultimate victory in this trilogy. But why would Orange Cassidy want to have another match? Yeah, I um, I, I say why does he care? But why does he care about anything? <laughs> what's really interesting is I've just um, scrolled back um, in in their original match, which went 18 minutes 42. Jesus Christ. Um, Orange Cassidy, 64 strikes. Chris Jericho, 34 strikes. Still big Orange Cassidy being put over. Um, Orange Cassidy got 54% in that match and then 65 in this. So, yeah, th- those numbers certainly tell a story. The big difference there was the submissions um, in the original match. Chris Jericho with 101 seconds submission compared to Cassidy, zero. Whereas here it's 35 compared to 20. Um, so I don't know if it kind of certainly seems like looking at the numbers that Cassidy overwhelms Jericho to the point that he couldn't get his plan in place. Um, whether or not a third match at All Out is too many Cassidy-Jericho matches in such a short space of time, I've heard it mooted that Jericho might go painmaker Jericho, and that might be the thing that makes it more interesting. That's not a bad idea. More or and give the match some sort of gimmick itself, make it like a no DQ, make it a steel cage. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, do, you know, do what's what's something that they haven't done? They already done ladder matches. Make I don't know. They they do do some sort of gimmick as well to add some sort of flavor. I'm sure knowing Jericho's mind, you know, they'll do something to make the match the third match intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Maybe Orange Cassidy wins the TNT title. Make this the TNT title match. <laughs> uh, long shot. Long shot. <laughs> it's a long shot. We'll see what happens. Uh, okay. Well, then, with that out of the way, Craig, we'll uh, we'll end the show here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of Wrestling of Statistics. Uh, of course, we'll be back next week for an all new episode uh, where we will potentially talk about Cody's run in TNT title, or we'll just talk about the Brody Lee match that was. Uh, is there? Any, I think I was trying to think of. Is there anything else happening? Oh, we could maybe talk about Takeover, but we'll see how that goes because Takeover mm-hmm. is next Saturday. But again. We all know how NXT has been for you and I, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be good. I want it to be good, despite jokes on Twitter. Besides besides uh, shunning that card. I'm trying to... Let me look at the card real quick. Let me see if there's anything. What is it? It's Lee versus Cross. Uh, is it, it? Surely it's the... It's got to be the culmination of the North American Championship. The ladder match, mm-hmm. which is currently Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes, Johnny Gargano. Oh, sorry, Johnny Gargano or Ridge Holland. It's oh, John. Or, okay. And then uh, Finn Balor or Velveteen Dream, which. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Makes yeah. you upset again. Not uh, gonna talk. Mm. Io Shirai, Dakota Kai. I'm sure we'll have another fifth match, but of course, we'll also have Adam Cole, Pat McAfee. <laughs> Yes. Can, yeah. can that be the match we talk about next week? Is Adam Cole versus Pat? <laughs> NXT TakeOvers used to be the most trustworthy source of top quality wrestling where it was like four or five matches that were all going to be terrific. TakeOver 30, which should be a celebration of TakeOvers throughout the year, has Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. It's great. <laughs> I think I think if you take if you if you take out Dream, put in Gargano or whatever, you know, make it Finn Balor, Gargano, Grimes, Priest, Reed, ladder match, I would be happy with that. Yeah. Iushirai yeah, Dakota Kai has potential, but I'm not like entirely yeah. confident. Keith Lee carrying cross, I I don't think that match is gonna I think that match is gonna be like five minutes maybe. Yeah. And then yeah, it's just all the other stuff. But yeah, we'll see. We'll talk about see what we talk about next week. Uh, so again, thank you everybody for listening to us. If you like what we did here, we would love if you subscribe to this podcast feed uh, that you're listening to or any other podcast. Basically, wherever podcasts can be found. Subscribe to the podcast feed so you can get more when it drops every single Monday. Uh, and of course, there's not just wrestling statistics on here, but you can also listen to Hit the Books, which is my show that I co-host with Mikey. Who, where we book our own fantasy book our own versions of Raw and SmackDown. If you also like what we did, we would appreciate if you went to iTunes and left a review. Um, if you leave a five star review, uh, not only do we get to know your wonderful feedback of whether or not you liked or loved the show, uh, it would also, you know, ironically, like more reviews. Basically, more reviews uh, mean more people can see it. We go higher on the charts or whatever. Um, and obviously more five-star reviews help us a lot. So if you go there, it takes like one minute maybe to go leave a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, and of course, uh, Craig, what do you have to plug? Um, please head on over to ProWrestlingMusings.com. We've got lots of cool things over there now. Um, Chester has been putting together really cool um, what's the best way to put it? kind of rating stuff, ranking it, charting it, that kind of idea. Um, please also check out the AEW Power Rankings, which will be out by Monday. So by the time this podcast is out, it will be up. These are AEW rankings that are an alternative to AEW's own rankings, which 
have been highly questioned. These ones are based around statistics, so based on wins and losses, kind of auras and what's been going on. Um, but presented alongside in-ring statistics um, where certain wrestlers rank in terms of strikes, grapples, reverse rates, etc., etc. The kind of content I've been firing through your screens for the last six, seven months. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's prowrestlingmusins.com. You will find lots of interesting stuff there. So please and thank you. Uh, and of course, you can follow Craig at Craig PW Musings or just the stats and analytics at PW Musings. You can follow me at Hit the Books Pod, uh, Hit the Books Podcast, Hit the Books Pod. Oh my God, I'm already forgetting my Twitter handle. Sure pod. Uh, is it Pod? Hit the Books Pod. You can follow me there. Uh, uh, yeah, so thank you everybody again so much for listening to this week's episode of Wrestling of Statistics. We will be back next week with an all na- brand new episode. There was just a huge lightning strike outside my window that I don't know if you if that picked up on the camera if that terrified me holy crap uh, until next week hopefully I'll be fine from this lightning until next week folks uh, we'll see you then have a good one bye bye